0: Welcome. Good to have you tonight. It's good to be here in the middle of the week and just to be refreshed, recharged, come in and pray. Pray for God's work, praying for this ministry. I want you to know that God answers prayer. I want you to know that prayer is needed. This work is, is needed. I wonder, uh, sometime I think I, I was telling our Grace Partners meeting today that um, sometimes I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread but thank God, it's God's thread. <laughs> it's that super thread. <laughs> he won't let you go. <laughs> you feel like you're dangling a little bit, but he won't let you go. And uh, sometimes we go through a week and we, we just need that recharge. We need to, to see God's people. We need to pray for one another. And we need to uh, uphold God's work in prayer. Now, there's some encouraging psalms. And tonight we want to look at Psalm 40. Um, and I've been going through the Psalms just reminding us of prayer because the Psalm expresses the heart of the servant of the Lord. And um, in fact, Jesus quoted some of these Psalms, and we can see this one, uh, parts of it was quoted as well um, in the New Testament, uh, referring to Jesus. And so, well, for what that tells us right there is the heart, the servant's heart, in other words, God's people... Um, Reflect the Lord Jesus Christ, and sometimes the greatest time that comes out is when we're squeezed. Okay, and so uh, you wonder why God lets you get in these stressful situations sometimes. Is sometimes simply for His glory. He knows in order to get the juice, you got to squeeze the orange, uh, and it comes out and it brings glory to Him. It's a fragrant uh, uh, aroma that pleases Him when people see that. Yes, your life. Uh, has ups and downs, but your God is stable. Your God is one that you trust in, and you are trusting in him through the challenges in your life. That's a testimony to God. And they they need to see that. I think we see some of that expression here in Psalm 40. Um, um, trusting the Lord is what i entitled many of these verses especially verses one through five he starts off by saying I waited patiently for the Lord Um, I think many of us as we come in prayer we think about that how many times have we heard the same prayer request Uh, praying for someone or praying for a situation and it calls for our patience God doesn't always respond uh, right away or when we think we want it or, or need it But the experience of the believer is to wait patiently for the Lord. Now, many times we wait, but the question is, is it patiently? What does it mean to to wait patiently, right? I hate waiting, and oftentimes I'm not patient. But the, the patience means that I'm literally trusting God as I wait, and I'm willing to accept his answer. If I'm not patient, you know, you ever have to wait somebody, get tired of waiting and you leave? Um, I've done that before. Like, it's taking too long. I'm gone. I'm out of here. I'll see him next time. But when we're patiently waiting for the Lord, that attitude is, is not part of it. It's saying, Lord, I'm depending on you. Um, I I, I don't I don't really have a a, a plan B (laughs) Um, you're it you're all that I have Lord I am waiting on you so it expresses the heart of the believer I waited patiently for for the Lord verse 2 he drew me from the pit now that's an expression he drew me from the pit it's saying I was stuck I was in danger and God lifted me out of my mess. A pit was often, um, you know, we think of a pit, and one of the great illustrations in Milwaukee of a pit is the potholes. You drive around this city, you know we got plenty of potholes all time of year. You expect them after the snow. But here we already spend all summer so-called fixing the potholes. And those potholes are things that you don't expect to get, but every once in a while, boom. You hit one, um, and, they're <laughs> and they're expensive because <laughs> they can damage your car. Um, so some pits are there. They're unexpected things that we encounter that, that harm us, right? Uh, other pits are there that are waiting for, that they're, they're set up. What, what uh, trappers would do is dig a pit for an animal and cover it with some brush and wait for the animal to travel that path, and boom, he falls into the pit. He can't get out. He's yours, right? That's dinner for the night. Um, and so... We have an enemy that sets pits for us. His name is Satan. And, and, and he once he goes, you know, here's our path. We're going along this path, and boom, we fall in. And so um, we need help when we fall into those pits. And this one who trusts in the Lord says, I waited for the Lord. He's the one that saved me. He delivered me and he calls this the pit of destruction. You know when you name something, it's pretty serious. <laughs> the pit got a name, pit of destruction. That that that's that's pretty serious. And that's that's what he was saying. In other words, he was delivered from something. We pray because we need deliverance. We need help. We need one who can get us the pit and what he does with that verse three he gave me or he put a new song in my mouth a song of praise to our God and so when deliverance comes we need to express that worship and that thanks to God God loves to hear the singing of his saints it's not that our voices are so beautiful uh, some of us have trained voices and some not but the expression of God you are the one. You are my savior. I rejoice and, and I sing your praise. Now verse four: Blessed is the man who makes his trust, makes the Lord his trust. And saying that that's the kind of heart that God wants us to have, making the Lord our trust. Look at verse five. You have multiplied, he says. Oh, Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. Think about that. He didn't say you just gave me something. He said you multiplied it. You multiplied it. You made it grow exceedingly. Uh, young, our young kids in, the, in the next door are learning and go through school, and they learn the difference between counting numbers. Then they learn the difference between counting by twos, counting by fives, And that's what multiplying is. Instead of going one, one and a half, two, two and a half, three. It's saying two, four, six, eight, ten, ten, five, ten, fifteen, twelve. It's going, it's, it's, it's growing fast. He says he's multiplied. He's multiplied. What did he multiply? Your wondrous deeds towards me. He's given it to us in abundance. So he's remembering what God has done verse five or excuse me verse eight and this is where um this is an expression that christ shared is given to us in the in the new testament too we see where it comes from verse eight i delight to do your will oh my god so i said verse seven behold i have come in the scroll of the book it is written of me i delight to do your will oh my god that should be an expression of our heart that we delight to do god's will but that's also to be honest with you that's also my prayer lord help me delight in your will today help me not to see it as a burden as a task or something i'm so sick of doing this i'm so tired but i need to delight in god's will it is god's will he wants us to 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 do it with pleasure even though it's difficult think about jesus saying this I delight to do your will. What was God's will for Jesus? Is that he lived sinless, a sinless life so that the whole purpose is going to the cross. After going to the cross, that victory of the cross by rising from the dead. But he says, I, 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 the rising sounds good. The cross, not so much. That's painful. But I still delight in doing your will. If you look at Matthew 26, you'll see a verse 42, I believe it was. He's saying, hey, if it's possible, let this... Let this cup pass from me so I don't have to drink it if I don't have to go to the cross that'd be you know I'd love to, to to have the blessing without the, 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 the difficulty but he says nevertheless your will be done and now he's saying I delight to do your will <clears throat> And then we have a testimony given verse 9 and 10 look at verse 9. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. He's saying, when God has worked in my life, I need to tell others. It's not an option. Do you feel like doing it? I need to express that to others. And and we can pray for that, too, because we don't always feel like doing that. But we need to have that kind of heart. And he says in verse 9, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips. He says a couple things he hasn't done. He hasn't restrained his lips in verse 9. Verse 10, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I think that's a neat expression because we're so used to, um, um, what is it, Proverbs um, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Proverbs 119.9. Um, he says, I've hid my word. But here he says, I haven't hidden it in my heart. In other words, there are some things that we are to reflect on and keep in our heart. But there are some things that don't belong just in our heart. They need to be expressed verbally, and what he's saying is the expression of praise it should be not just something we feel in our heart, but something we ought to express to others. He's saying this way, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness. I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm not just meditating quietly on it. I'm telling somebody About it. Also, verse 10 I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. I'm letting others know about this. And so I'm going to get to the rest of it uh, as we proceed next week. So we'll stop at verse 10 there. But it's a psalm that expresses the, the heart of the believer. And in that, it really points to the Lord Jesus Christ. But what kind of heart we ought to have as we trust in god we're here to pray tonight because we have a great need and we have a great god and we are learning to trust in him
1: morning saints as we're going to continue to meditate through the minor prophets we are still in the book of amos I encourage you guys to be blessed going through the Minor Prophets as I've been blessed. And as Brother Cliff has been blessed, me and Brother Cliff have been on fire about the Minor Prophets. Um, as we started going through the books of the Bible, me and him both felt the same push from the Holy Spirit to go through these. And so I started going through it in my meditation, and he went through it at Sunday school. And I said to Brother Cliff, should I should I not do go through it since you're going through it? He said, no, man. He said, let's both go through it. So that's what we're doing. And I praise God for Brother Cliff. He's on fire about these prophets. I'm on fire about these prophets. It's a good word that they have for us. So we'll start in Amos 5. We're going to read verses 1 through 15 together. And before we read it together, I want to give us a little bit more guidance about our meditation there is something that's good about rain and that is that uh, if you notice, sometimes rain can help you meditate. It actually sometimes can be dangerous to drive when it's raining because you can actually get caught in a zone where you are watching just one point. You ever done that before? And so that's why it can be dangerous to drive in it, but if you think about something like meditation, it is something that's good with something that's steady, music like this. And so it is good for us to not do it like Eastern meditation. Eastern meditation, they empty their minds and focus on nothing. They don't want to allow any distracting thoughts. They focus on absolutely nothing and empty their minds. That is not what we do. We empty our minds of distracting thoughts and focus solely on the Word of God. So it's a little bit harder than what they do because we actually have something to focus on so we really have to pay attention to the words that's why often i read it but that's also why i want us to read it together so what we'll do is we're going to read this a few different times first we're going to read it in alternation so i'm going to read verse one and you guys read verse two and we'll stop at verse 15 okay so let's all read that together Hear this word that I take up over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. For thus says the Lord God, the city that went out a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which went out a hundred shall have ten left to the house of Israel. But do not seek Bethel, And do not enter into Gilgal, or cross over into Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bethel shall come to nothing. O you who turn justice to wormwood, and cast down righteousness to the earth. Makes destruction flash forth against the strong, so that destruction comes upon the fortress. Therefore, because you trample on the poor, and you exact taxes of grain from him, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not dwell in them, you have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. Therefore, he who is prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Let's, well, that took a little more time than I thought, so we won't read it again. But well, let's go through these verses in a little slower. What's a lamentation? Crying? Mourning? Alright, so what is the mourning call? We're going to go through this slowly. So now we're in verse 2. What is he mourning? The fall of Israel. Why is Israel falling? And how to what extent will it fall? Well look at verse 3. He's talking about. Fractions here. What fraction is he thinking of? How many people. Are going to survive? How many. What percentage? What? 10% of the people will survive. Imagine. That. Imagine. Imagine. How many people died in 9-11? 3,000. How many people are in this country? Over 300 million. How much of an impact did they have on us? That changed the course of history. And rightly it should, right? That 3,000 people were murdered, innocently murdered by Muslim terrorists. Inspired by their God, right? I think the news is too often covering that up. That this was inspired by evil religion. And all evil acts like that are inspired by evil religion. I, it's weird, don't you think it's weird that, you know, here you have Islam that wants to kill the Jews, and Nazism, which was an atheist religion, they also wanted to kill the Jews. And if you seem like if you look at socialists, they seem to want to kill the Jews. And it seemed to me like it's all kind of people, but they all end up wanting to kill Christians and Jews. Why do they want to do that? Whose beat are they marching to? But the world acts like that is not obvious to them. But it's obvious to me. It should be obvious to you. That should enter your meditation for today. That the world is talking about 9-11, but it will not address the real cause of 9-11, which is evil religion. That people can be caught up in an evil religion. I was talking to a friend. He said, yeah, those people are crazy. I said, I don't like that you use the term crazy. I said, what makes them crazy to you? I mean, they did something that's obviously wrong. I said, then why not say evil? Well, I mean, but they thought it was right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Is it crazy or is it evil? So he told me, he said, yeah, Hitler was crazy, he's insane. Is he? In many respects, Hitler was smarter than a lot of people I know. Does he have to be stupid to be evil? Or can he know what he's doing? Do you think he knew what he was doing? I think he knew what he was doing. That's how he did it. Who could plan the logistics of killing that many people so systematically like that? That's hard to do. That's not the work of an insane person. That's the work of a cruelly evil person. It says this in verse 4 and 5, Seek me and live. Verse 6, Seek the Lord and live. Verse 14, Seek good and not evil that you may live. Verse 15, Hate evil and love good and at the end, That the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. What's the message there? I'm going to tell you this. Evil always leads to violence. It always do. It don't matter what type of evil it may be. You may think that you can lust at home and that won't lead to violence. But I'm telling you, you're lying to yourself if you think that. Because all you got to do is look at the comments of lustful videos and see how violent people are. I remember I was watching a girl sing the national anthem. Little girl. And I saw some comments under there. I was, you know, never read the comments on YouTube if you want to stay sane. And they was talking about how much they wanted to brutally rape this girl. In the YouTube comments. And that was an innocent video. All she was doing was singing a national anthem, and she did not have anything seductive on her or anything. Imagine, then, how they think about stuff that's more risque than that. Violence is on their hearts and on their minds. Sin always leads to violence, and that's why we had 9-11, because of sin. For the people of Israel, though, What did they do? Their sin invited God's judgment on themselves. And so whether that violence comes from other men or whether it comes because of the judgment of God, in the end, if we don't turn to the Lord, we will not have life. But I mean it in another way, too. You ever heard, told somebody, you don't got a life. I think that Christians should be saying that to people. Because when I look at them pursuing their interest, I have to tell them, you're a loser. You don't have a life. You chase after drinking all day, what good did that do you in the end? You chase after women all day, you don't get them. What good did that do you in the end? You chase after men all day and you mad at them at the end of it. What good did that do you? If you don't pursue God, you will not live. That can be literally, that can be spiritually, And that can be in how you even experience the joys of life itself. Can it not? Seek the Lord and live. How many different ways we want to talk about living, right? Quality of life, spiritual life, eternal life, physical life. Even the fact that we die at all is a result of sin we get to heaven, what does it say in Revelations? Let's turn there real quick. It in Revelations 21, verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Don't you yearn for that? I yearn for that. Let's meditate on these things. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen? That's the goal of meditation, amen? Amen?
2: Good evening, everybody. So today I'm going to speak close to home. Um, Show of hands, who's dealing with financial struggles right now? Look at that. All y'all. So what I want to pray about is I just want to have that be the focus of our prayer. Now I'm not talking about name it, claim it. um, But what I'm talking about is knowing that God does have our provision in his control. He is responsible for our provision. So what I want is I'll just have two or three people um, just pray that God continues to keep his people and to provide for his people, like basically all of us, because all of us basically raise our hand, um, that he just continues to just bless each of us and, bl- and continue to provide for each of us and our families. And I'll close this. Or we just lift up the finances of each and every person in here. Um, We know that oftentimes you put us through struggles or allow us to be in struggles um, to teach us or to just remind us that you are in control or to even keep us from getting prideful in our own gains and looking away from you being our provider. We ask that you continue to to provide for us, each and every one of us, Um, keep us encouraged Think of that verse where it says, you provide for the things of this nature, how much more for those people that you love, that are your people, um, the people that you were willing to die for. Just help that be an encouragement to all of us as we go through the struggle, knowing that it is in your control, and there's no better person to be in control than you. And we ask, can you just continue to provide for your people and allow us to um, have what we need um, and if it be your will, more than what we need. Allow us to continue to be faithful to you, continue to be faithful to giving, and just continue to just bless your people. In your name we pray.